Haymaker Coffee Company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee to fuel the underdogs who perseveres, who hustles, and have the give-it-all mentality to achieve their American dream. Haymaker Coffee only roasts top-quality, specialty-grade coffee beans resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, we have your coffee right here. And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast, on a uh, Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making this part of your day. Excited for this one to get uh, this guy back in the saddle. For those uh, watching the Stripe Show Podcast today, for those listening, Jason Sobel joins me, golf writer, Action Network, and the host of SiriusXM PGA Tour. Man, I'm wearing mini hats. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, Travis. Thanks for having me back on the show. I appreciate it. Life is good. Life is crazy, as uh, it is for all of us in the golf world over the past year. And uh, I'm not sure it's slowing down anytime soon either. Yeah, you know, I drove into work this morning, and the word that's in my head thinking about professional golf is uncertainty. You know, Mm. there's so much uncertainty of in professional golf. And if, if there's one sport, one professional sport that you follow, that has the most amount of certainty, you would have to think it's golf, right? Because, you know, look, you, you know that when we were younger, Tiger and Phil and all those guys were going to be there. You know, they were going to perform and they were going to win and Ernie yells. And then in today's game, you know that, look, Rom, he may struggle, but he's going to be up there. And here comes Scotty Scheffler and the next generation of players to join JT and Spee. So much certainty with professional golf. And then here we are today, after Tiger's tournament, there's, you know, there's, there's uncertainty on how things are going to play out with, with live golf. There's uncertainty of this elevated schedule and what that's going to feel like and what that's going to look like. There's uncertainty in official world golf rankings. There's uncertainty of Tiger and whether he's ever going to play again. There's just so much uncertainty heading into 2023. And I'll start with Tiger because he just had his event there at the hero world challenge. Did you watch, is that an event that, uh, you know, late in the season, 46 events, you're still interested in professional golf? Uh, You know, I take a little bit of a break here. I'm not going to say I sat here and watched every shot. We were doing live coverage on our Sirius XM show on Thursday and Friday, essentially live coverage from offsite as we're watching sort of breaking down uh, live play-by-play and analyzing what's going on. So I watched more Thursday, Friday than the weekend. But yeah, I mean, I, I still have interest, still my job, still doing stuff. But also I learned a long time ago that, if you're in this business and you're watching four hours of golf four days a week and you're that entrenched in it, at some point you're going to start hating it. So I try to get away a little bit as well and just sort of enjoy some other things and just get out of the house. I don't need to be sitting in front of the television 24-7. Yeah, yeah just so much golf. There's yeah. so much professional golf. I mean, just the PGA Tour alone. I've been, I don't want to beat this dead horse with my audience. They know that 46 PGA Tour events to me, this whole concept and where we've been going with, you know, Jay Monahan of like, let's just roll out more tournaments, more tournaments. We've got sponsors, more tournaments, more tournaments. It just gets saturated. I think the the product gets watered down. I don't think it's the best foot forward for the PGA tour. We'll talk about that more later, but I want to ask you about tiger. I mean, look, we've all probably doubted tiger over the years. Like, mm-hmm. is he done? Can he come back? And he's, he's proven everyone wrong. But I sit here this morning, Jason, I look at Tiger, plantar fasciitis. You know, I know that hurts. I've had it. That happens. A couple more surgeries that we didn't know about. I mean, the guy, 
can't even walk 18 holes. I mean, right. I mean, he's at, we're at a point here where he can't even walk 18 holes. And and we're going to sit here and think that the tiger with no prep, no tournament competition, all of this is going to show up and he's going to win another tournament or win another major championship. Are we still holding on to that slight hope? I'm going to officially say, I think he's done. I, I, I just look, he can't walk. There's no more wins in tiger woods. Is there? Uh, okay, so a few things here. First of all, it depends on how you define done. If done is he's never going to win another major championship, it, yeah, certainly I would be closer to that side than, yeah, I think he's going to win four more. I, yes, of course, I think most of us would be on that side. Is done, he's never going to play another PGA Tour event uh, in his life. I, no, I, I think at some point he will play again, the events that matter the most to him. I will say that, I've been doing this a long time. You've been doing this a long time. Uh, We have seen many different eras of Tiger Woods from post-personal scandal when I thought there was a chance at that point he gets on his yacht, sails off into the ocean somewhere, and we never see him again on a golf course. And then, of course, he came back. And then, okay, it's back surgery and back surgery and back surgery and uh, continual uh, procedures done to his back. It's like, okay, this is going to be it. This is what's going to finally end his career. And that wasn't it, of course. And then a, a, a car accident that nearly ended his life, nearly lost his leg, and he was able to return at least a little bit and play some competitive golf after that. And so we thought maybe that was it. I think it would be ironic, it would be a little sad, if it's plantar fasciitis after all of these uh, really difficult things to deal with. But this might be the most difficult for him, Travis. And I say that because... How do you come back from multiple back surgeries? Well, Mm -hmm. the doctors and the PT folks are going to tell them you have to work really hard. You have to get in the gym. You have to stretch a lot. Tigers, oh, work hard? I can work hard. (laughs) How do you come back from a debilitating car accident where you almost lost your leg? Well, you're going to have to work harder than anybody else if you want to get back to a place where you can be a professional competitive athlete once again. Tiger looks at that and says, Cool. Sounds good. I can work hard. No problem. I can work harder than anybody else out there. Now for this plantar fasciitis, the doctors are recommending, no, don't work hard. You have to sit around and do absolutely nothing. And maybe, maybe at some point this will heal itself up and you'll be able to be healthy once again. And so I think that's going to be really difficult for a guy like Tiger, who's been so type A about all of these comebacks. He's got to essentially just sit down and wait for nature his body to run its course and maybe it never will and there's nothing he can do there's nothing he can do to say okay i'm gonna work on this and i'm gonna bust my butt to make sure this goes away essentially you know lay on the couch for a while tiger and hopefully it goes away (laughs) and maybe it won't that's gonna be real hard for him you're had it it hurts man it hurts planner oh my god i mean i had on my right foot and uh, I had a, I had a chiropractor. I went to him and he's like, yeah, let me, let me work on it. He actually came to my house. He's a friend of mine. He goes, do you have a butter knife? I'm like, wait, what? And he take a butter knife and they stretch it. You know, they rub, they take this thing and they rub it up and down and they, they have to, I, as I understand, stretch it out. And it is like, I mean, it feels like someone shot you in the bottom of the foot. I mean, it is painful when they start working on that and the therapy to that. Um, yeah. And, the, and that's, that's just it. You have to stay off it. You can't do anything. Um, but it's gone right. away for you, correct? Huh? It's gone away for it you. It got away, but I had it lingered, man. It it you know, it lingered for no, look, it's going to go away. I'm not wor- I'm not I'm not worried about that. I'm just 
it just still feels like, and, 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 you know, Tiger plays it close to the vest. We're never going to know how many surgeries or we're never going to know the full scope, right? He's never going to let us in on everything. I don't think. Um, but it just feels like we're at that point where just the idea of walking, you know, and just le- reading the tea leaves of, I don't know how much I have left on this leg. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, I don't know, like, okay, can he, can he, can he, make it through and play another tournament and tough it out the pain. I, there's no doubt in my mind that Tiger sure. can do that. There's no sure. doubt in my mind. I mean, the guy won a U.S. Open on one leg. I, I, I'm not putting anything past him there. But when, damn, I, I just, no. Like, I'm just, I'm at the end. I want Tiger there. I want to play every time. I, if I was Jay Monahan, I'd be like, hey, six events, these were, you can take a cart. Cool. Yeah, he won't I, do it. No, won't take Tiger wouldn't do it. No, Tiger wouldn't do it. I've said for years, Travis, the the hardest thing about Tiger coming back from whatever it's been, from the back surgeries, from the car accident, from this injury currently, is not, hey, I've got to get healthy again. It's not, hey, I've got to find my swing again. It's, hey, if I want to win, I have to go out and beat Rory McIlroy. I have to (laughs) beat John Rahm. I have to beat Justin (laughs) Thomas. I have to beat Victor Hovland. I mean, that to me is the biggest hurdle. It's not just, hey, I have to get myself healthy and I have to find my swing and I have to go out and play some good golf. That said, you listen to Tiger. If you want to have a little optimistic viewpoint from this, um, yes, it's going to take some time for him to heal up. But he told us on TV the other day, hey, I, I'm shooting 63, 64 at home where I can ride around in a cart and I don't have to walk. I can hit all the shots. I just can't walk around a golf course. If or perhaps when he is able to walk around a golf course again, you would think that those scores remain. He can still hit any shot you want. And maybe, just maybe, that happens before April of 2023. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be, there's going to be, look, I, I'm, I, I'm, I, I, we all want that to happen. Of course. I mean, there's not a person that follows this game that doesn't want Tiger to be out there and win again. Are you kidding me? Right. I mean, it was emotional watching him win Augusta. That that's a moment in time covering this game. I think that will never you will never forget when he won it the first time and that, you know, and put it in and that fist pump young tiger to um, hugging his dad the next time to hugging Charlie. I mean, all, all those moments are in the top five for me in golf, you know, like they will always be there as we get older. Of course we want him to win again. We'll have to wait and see anybody have a bigger year than Rory, both on and off the course. I mean, he wins the FedEx. He goes over, wins the DP world tour season long. he, is the face of the PGA tour off the course. Now he's getting a little frisky with Greg Norman. He's like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and be a pain in your ass now. Uh, and Oh, by the way, Oh, by the way, but the TGL with tiger, I mean, Rory is on top of the game right now. And I mean, he is, he is the man. He is. Uh, I guess you could make the case that Cameron Smith won the players championship, won a major championship, maybe one of the most historic major championships we've ever seen, switches tours, wins on live, wins back home in Australia. You can at least make the case that Cameron Smith is in that conversation on the other side of it. But yes, it's all about Rory. He has become uh, what I thought golf never needed in the past. If you had asked me five years ago, 10 years ago, Travis, who's the biggest leader in the game of golf? I'd say, what do you mean? It's not a team sport. <laughs> They're not in the locker room. They don't need somebody gathering everybody around, giving them a pep talk. I, I never thought golf needed leadership, at, not, at least not at the player level. Maybe the commissioner and other folks who are in charge of the game need to be leaders, but I never thought a player had to be a leader. Rory McIlroy has shown that he can be a leader both on and off the golf course, and I thought it was very 
uh, intriguing what Tiger said about Rory this past week, where he said, you guys have no idea how difficult it is to take on all of these issues, to be a leader in the game, to speak forthright and honestly and thoughtfully about everything that's taking place in the world of professional golf and still go out and become number one in the world, still go out and win golf tournaments. I think what Rory has done has been tremendous this year. I think next year with maybe a little more both internal and external pressure off of him, at least off the golf course that we might even see a Rory McIlroy on the golf course. Who's even better than we saw this past year. It's the busy work that, outside of when you're in front of the camera that takes so much time. I always refer to it as a coach and, you know, I, we, we have the coaches on, on Thursday on the podcast and, you know, look, when you're in front of a student and you're teaching and you're doing this, like that's your job. You get excited. You don't even feel like you're working and blah, blah, blah. And pretty soon, you know, you've been out there all day. Then you go home and you've got 27 texts, you know, and you've got 15 emails and that's when the days get long and you're always in the grind and this and that. And man, can you imagine how many texts and emails Rory has? I mean, seriously, mm. like yeah. how many players, how many just, Hey Rory, what do you think of this? Hey, Rory, hey, Rory. Like he, yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine like the stuff that, that is happening in his world off the golf course. And to your point, then he goes out and he's like, Oh yeah, by the way, I'm still, I'm still the best player in the world. And, and, and I'm going to show you that with my sticks right now. So what a year. I didn't think I'd say, look, this guy had the biggest year in golf and didn't win a major championship. But I think, I think that's where we are this year. And golf needs leaders right now. I I wish in many ways, we'll get to this here in a minute. I've got some questions for you about the PGA tour. And maybe this is by design with the PGA tour. They're letting the faces of, they're letting the players kind of lead out the message Mm -hmm. and, and handle some of these issues rather than say Jay getting out in front and putting some of these fires out. Um, I think it's an interesting approach. I want to get your thoughts on that, but you know, I want to come back to live. Of course. I mean, got to talk about live a little bit more, don't we? Um, yeah, why not? Uh, yeah. We barely mentioned it. Over <laughs> the months, so let's get into it a little bit. <laughs> you know, I I've been, I've been talking a lot about Greg Norman's role and live in the last few months. I, I, I have stated, look, I, I think live now that they're established, and they've got enough players. And of course, they always are going to want more big players, but they've got enough to be relevant. I think as soon as Greg did a good job getting some of these players over there, I think now they are going to want to pivot to someone who can go in and make some things happen with the official World Golf rankings. And maybe I think Liv perhaps does want to partner with the PGA Tour. If they're in this for the long haul, why wouldn't they want some legacy and history on their side, if they can buy that, if they can leverage that, um, it's only going to make them more legit. Now, I don't think Greg's the face of that. I don't think anybody said he was going to be the face of that in the beginning, but Greg, someone had to be the face and get out there and get this thing going. And he did. And you got to give kudos to Greg. I think whether you like him or not, I mean, where they are at the end of the year, at least in my opinion, I think those guys got to be sitting around feeling awfully damn good about where they're at. Yeah. These are no dumbest. There's no, these are no dummies on the back end. If their goal is to continue to penetrate and be relevant in professional golf, I don't think Greg's the face to do that. What do you think? So there are a few different components to this. And based on social media and some of the reaction that I've seen over the last few weeks, I think that a lot of people don't quite understand what's going on. So both Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy have called for Greg Norman. They're not They're not saying Greg needs to step down. They're not saying they need to get rid of Greg. Greg's done a bad job. It's just 
hey, when you ask me about a potential compromise mediation between Live Golf and the PGA Tour, it's a non-starter if Greg Norman is still in the current role that he has with Live Golf. So uh, maybe they don't even want to start. Maybe Live Golf says, we don't care. We like what Greg's doing. We had a bang up first year, and that was just beta testing. Just wait till we really get into this thing. And they might not really care what Tiger and Rory have to say, and they just move forward from it. That said, if they do want to sort of uh, partner up, they want to talk, have discussions. Uh, yeah, it is. They have sent a salvo, uh, these PGA Tour leaders, on, hey, if, if you want to do something at some point, it can't be with Greg in charge. That said, Travis, I have a hard time trying to wrap my mind around what exactly this partnership, relationship, compromise right. would even be. Right. I, I mean, everyone keeps talking about like, hey, the two sides should get together and they should talk things out. And, and then what? Okay, <laughs> I, I've sort of come to grips now. It's been 12 months. There's a PGA Tour. There's a Live Tour. They're two different things. They both hold golf tournaments, but they're not really going to cross streams. This is not like, hey, let's all play nice in the sandbox together. I don't know what sort of compromise they yeah. can come together. Uh, is is Liv going to go to the PGA Tour and say, hey, we'd like to do a rev share and we'd like to split sponsorship and co-sanction events with you and we'd like to get together? That looks very much what like the PGA Tour looked like up until this past year uh, for many, many previous years before this. So I don't see that. I don't see Liv Golf giving up what they've built up. I don't see the PGA Tour saying, hey, you know what? Our product isn't good enough with the players we have right now. We need to make a deal with you guys so we have your players as well. I don't see why either one of them would want to come to some compromise. And so when they say Greg needs to be out in order for us to speak with them, I don't know that that necessarily means that if Greg is out, we'll start talking and we'll come to some compromise. It just means that if Greg is in, it doesn't even start. It doesn't even happen. Right. Whatsoever. Right. And, and, and for my audience, I mean, Greg Norman tried this years ago, you know, this to, to, to start a rival league, um, which led to the tour moving in a certain direction with WGCs and other types of things. So Greg's been after this for, for a long time. I think, I don't know, Greg Norman, I just, you know, read everything as you do and you, you listen and you watch, and then you have to base your opinion on those things. And, and some people in the know, some resources. So you have to, you know, kind of piecemeal together, but I would have to think just my opinion that Greg is like the hell with the PGA tour. We'll just do it ourselves. I wouldn't think that he would want to sit down personally with the PGA tour and go into business with him. Can he get his ego aside now from Liv's perspective, what are they in it for? Like some, you know, sports washing others. I think they just want to flex. They want to say, look, we've got money. We can be a factor. We can be a major player in this others now they really got interest in the game of golf they were they're in this for the long haul i mean i think that three-year contract where you've got these players on three-year deals it, it feels like there's got to be some kind of threshold or checkpoint after three years that we've got to be at least here you know operationally profitable or We've got to have this amount of players and the net losses. This I mean, These guys can't just get throw billions. And I mean, I know they make billions every day, but they're not, they're not, they're not dummies, man. Like, you just can't just be throwing stuff away. Can you year in year out for 20 years on down the road? 
I, I wouldn't think so. And yet, you know, the financials of this are so unlike the financials of any other sports league we've ever seen. I've seen people try to compare this to the USFL, try to compare it to the AFL and ABA back when uh, they were playing in the 60s and 70s. And it's not even close to the same thing. So I don't think we can draw those parallels. I think you're right about the end game. The start game was disruption. The start game, how many times have we heard Greg Norman, Phil Mickelson, Sergio Garcia tell us that word, disruption? We want to disrupt the status quo. It is very clear and obvious and evident that they have done that. They have disrupted everything that we've known about professional golf. Where do you go from here other than, okay, you sort of kind of cruise into a situation where, okay, now we've got some players. We hold events around the world. And I don't know that there's like another big splash event. And you're right. I I wonder if the Saudis who are funding this get bored with it. They said, okay, well, that was fun for a little while. I do think there's sort of this 2030 project. And if you've been following the news, Saudi Arabia is planning all this stuff for eight years from now. In 2030, they plan to have this new city that they're building called Neom that's going to be this sort of futuristic type city and go from one end to the other, which is miles and miles in just a few minutes. And uh, they look at golf as we're, we're rich, we're powerful. We have money. What are rich and powerful people do? What do they own? What are they involved in golf? And that's, I think their main rationale for getting into this, just, Hey, we got some pocket change. Let's throw it out to some of the best golfers in the world. Let's start a tour and see what happens. Do I doubt that if this thing isn't fiscally viable in the next few years that the whole thing could shut down and cease to exist by 2025? No, I I can certainly see it. Look, anyone that tells you right now, and I've been saying this for the last year, Travis, anyone who says right now, I'm telling you in three years, in five years, in 10 years, here's what it's going to look like. You have no idea what you're talking about because five minutes from now, the entire landscape can change. This thing has been changing so quickly. I can't tell you how often I just have to wake up and like sit on Twitter the entire day and watch my phone for text messages coming through from sources because the the news just kept on coming. I mean, yeah. we're we're in a sport where there's never been free agency. There's never been trades. There's never been sort of an off-season hot stove like they have in other sports. All of a sudden, we've got all this stuff in golf and if you're not keeping up with the news and you turn off your phone and your laptop for 48 hours, you come back, especially back in the middle of the summer, you come back after 48 hours, you got to catch up on stuff because a lot of stuff happens very quickly these days. What's going to happen with these official world golf rankings? I mean, it just feels like a mess right now. I mean, what's going to happen? I'm so over this topic, quite honestly. <laughs> sorry, it's just, sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, we've gone from... The whole thing started with like, wow, they're going to start another tour and I'm pro PGA. No, I'm pro live and people debating it and arguing. And now this whole thing has devolved into should they get world ranking points? And I'm sort of on the side with Justin Thomas, who tweeted the other day, like, I'm not against live getting world ranking points. Just go through the same process that every other tour has gone through. And so wait your turn. Make sure you're a viable tour. If we started the Fulton and Sobel tour tomorrow. Exactly. We had professional golfers playing. We couldn't just demand world ranking points right. just because we have a golf tour. Now I get it. They've got some of the best players in the world, but these guys all knew what they were getting into. And I really yeah. respect the few players who have gone to live. Harold Varner, the third is a great example. 
of a player who has gone to live and told us when he's been in front of a microphone, look, I knew what I was getting myself into. I weighed the pros and cons. I, I looked into, you know, hey, how can I best help my family for years and years moving forward? But I understand I might do it while sacrificing not being able to get world ranking points and maybe not playing in the majors. I understand that. And so yeah. I, I don't like the fact that some of these live players have essentially signed on, knew what they were getting themselves into, got themselves into it, and then have sort of whined and cried about, hey, I also want this and I want that and I want this too. That wasn't really the deal when you signed on. <laughs> That's right. And oh, by the way, can we retroact of those official world gap ranking points as well? I, I am too. I, I, my point is exactly where yours is. Just go through the process. Um, and there, I mean, look, the, this grace period, right? I think it's 18 months mm-hmm. is there because look, there's a lot of people that have money out there and, and, Look, in December, November, December, they could put all this money together. We're going to get, you know, 25, 45 players together. And we want official World Golf ranking points. You know, like you got to weed them out somehow and make it a viable tour. Show us that you're real. Show us that you're going to make adjustments. Show you that you're going to work with us. And give us a period of time where those things are happening. And then you're issued those points. I think that, I think that grace period of 18 months is, is, is valid. I really do. By the way, this whole thing about world ranking points, really, it's a way to get into the major championships. And I'm not so sure that if, and when live golf does get world ranking points that Augusta national doesn't say, Hey, you know what? Instead of top 50 at the end of the year, we're just going to take all the PGA tour winners, (laughs) or we're going to use a different qualification process. The PGA championship, the PGA of America doesn't use a world ranking qualification for their major. There's no telling that the other three major championships can just take on a different qualification. Then it doesn't really matter if Abraham answer is 20th in the world or 40th in the world, because it doesn't really get him anything else. Right. And so that, first of all, I think that's uh, very possible. Secondly, had Davis love the third on our show a couple of weeks ago on Sirius XM. And his idea was, why do we need a world ranking? Can't we just get rid of it? We know who the good players are. Find a different qualification process for majors and other tournaments and don't have a world ranking. And I, all of a sudden it was like a light came on for me. I'm like, Oh my God, we've spent months arguing about the official world golf ranking and who gets points and how many points and what it means. And what if we just didn't have one and it didn't really matter if you were first or if you were fourth, we know you're a really good player. Glenn Fittich, the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey, is expertly crafted and made with extraordinary care. Each single malt is a work of perfection. May happen. Yeah. You know, it it may happen. Wouldn't you just love to sit in those meetings, though, with those uh, seven people at the board there uh, and just kind of hear what's going on and those discussions? Look, it. Again, uncertainty, where are we going to become the Players' Championship, Augusta, that range, um, you know, and all these things that we're talking about here, um, you know, where is it going to fall? All right, some quick yes or no here, supported by whatever, short answers here on these next ones. Ready? Here we go. PGA Tour, it's, it's become a little watered down with all these events. Yes or no? Oh. Absolutely. That said, 
I understand it from a fan perspective. I think that fans have to understand that you are not at the top of the totem pole. You are not highest priority. The priority is uh, playing opportunities for the membership. It's charitable contributions to communities. You don't want to just, hey, let's cross 10 tournaments off the list and not let those communities have events and not raise the money for charity. And then, of course, the TV rights holders, they've got a contract saying, hey, if we can have events on Golf Channel in the middle of November, let's do it because that's better than not having golf tournaments. From a fan perspective, I'd love to see it go away. We all know how much we miss NFL and college football in July and August after we haven't seen it for a long time. But I don't think the fans are the highest priority in this. And so, I, I in fact, I know that. And until we are, they're just going to keep playing events year round. It's just not going to stop. Well, that's been the, that's been the approach, right? I mean, that was set forth with Fincham and then Monaghan just keep rolling out tournaments and more and more and more and more, and just let that lengthen out from 40 to 42. Now, what is it? 46 weeks. I think mm-hmm. it's um, of PGA tour events and you get the fields like you get in July, three straight, you get the fields that we've seen here a few times uh, in the fall. I don't know. I just, it just doesn't sit good with me. I just don't like that amount of events. And I I have all the respect in the world for these players. I do. And there's a place to play, but I just, in the PGA tour, and I say that name, I just feel like it's gotten too watered down and and we're not leading with the stars enough. And and this has been, this has been going this way for years. It's bothered me. Um, and I just, I just don't like it, man. I just, I just don't, I don't agree with that philosophy. Now I know on the flip side, you know, that what it means to these cities and this and that, and there, and there's a place for that. And it's called the corn Ferry tour. And I hope with this, with these elevated events, I think it's a good move, Jason. That's my next question to you. These elevated events, good move for the PGA tour. Yes. Love it. Um, this is going to give us many opportunities, uh, in theory, 17 to 20 based on, how many events all the top players go to, but we're going to have a list of big time events going into every year where we know the best of the best are all playing together at the same time. I think that's a great idea. I do worry a bit that all of the other events are sort of watered watered down and that uh, essentially you're not going to have any of those top 20 players playing any of those other events And so you start looking at the other ones and there's going to be a definite separation between the two right now, you know, it's middle of March and it's, I don't know, Bay Hill week, Arnold Palmer invitational. You look at the list and you say, okay, we've got six of the top 10 in the world playing and we've got 12 of the top 20. And then the next week it's four of the top 10 and 16 of the top, whatever it might be. And so you're going through the numbers and you're like, okay, well, this one's pretty good because of that. This one's pretty good because of that. Right now there is a line of demarcation that we are going to see on the PGA tour, either you're a have or you're a have not. And I just hope that the have nots can exist without having the best players in the world playing their events on a weekly basis. I, I think they, I think it's been going that way. Like what, what you just said there. Okay. There was 10 of the top 25 or there was five of the top, like those numbers just keep dropping. You know, I mean, you look at some of these dates and some of these tournaments in July. I mean, I think we're already there. I mean, these players have to find times these top players have to find time off. Right. And I think they all kind of gravitate to the same parts of the schedule because they all want to, the the bigger tournaments mean the same to them. They want to play in the majors, the players and WGCs and Jack's tournament and maybe Arnie's tournament in Genesis. I mean, they want to play in these, 
big tournaments and they all, and those big tournaments have been pretty well identified. So they all kind of gravitate to that. And then you get a few sprinkled, you know, okay. Oh, Cantley's in the field this week or Xander's in the field this week. I, I, I get that. But I, I think in the non-elevated events, I, I think your core audience on TV is going to watch anyway. Like I, I, these guys are watching anyway, you know? So I don't, I, I, I don't think they're going to see much of a dip to the core fan on TV. My mom and dad, <laughs> you know, the golf's on, they're going to watch yeah. it. They don't have anything else to do. Like that's their core audience. Right. And so now can you separate from that in an elevated event and, and start maybe growing that other aspect of your business and digital and things like that? I think you can. And I like it. I, 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 I like where it's going now, how it's all going to look and feel and how it's going to be branded. I don't think we really know yet. But I, I, I like the direction of where it's going. But I think you've gone so far down this path of so many tournaments now, and you have so many mouths to feed, and you have so many sponsors. There's going to be some heartache. There's going to be, there's going to be some tough conversations to be had. And you've already seen now the Honda they've pulled out. Unfortunately, I think I think we're probably going to see maybe one or two more. Do you think? I mean, I think there's going to be a few sponsors being like, look we were promised maybe one thing and now this is happening. And now you're saying we are the, we're not part of this or we right. are, or what does this mean? It's not going right. to make sense to them. And of course, some of these elevated events are going to rotate each year. So if you don't get it this year, we'll make some backroom deal and you stay with us. You resign for another five years. We'll ensure that two of those five years, you get the best players in the world and you'll have big time events. I'm sure those discussions are taking place. I will say, and you know, Travis, I talk about things from a, betting perspective pretty often uh both within uh my radio show and podcasts and writing and all that kind of stuff um sort of cover it from that now i will say they are better positioned right now than they were five years ago to have these sort of have and have not events because a few years ago it was all tiger 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 if yep. it wasn't tiger it was phil dj rory spieth if it wasn't those guys it was I don't know who they are. I don't care who they are. I'm not watching them if I'm a casual fan. Now, what I've found is, first of all, the viewership is much more intelligent about what they're watching because they're investing in it. And I found that people want to know and want to watch these other events just because they have some sort of engagement with what's going on. So I do yeah. think they're they're better positioned for this upcoming PGA Tour schedule with the big time events and the smaller events sort of mixed in than they were a few years ago. Yeah, I agree. All right. A couple more here. Yes or no. PGA tour should have taken the call from live early on. They should have taken the call early on. If they did, the impact would be less considering how many top names players would have went. <sighs> yes, they should have taken the call. I don't know that it would have limited the impact though. I'm not sure how things would have changed. If Jay Monahan said, "Hey, Greg, what's going on? Yeah, let's come on down to Pontevedra. Let's have a talk, and we'll 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 work on some things, and we'll work together. Love to work with you on this. Uh, look, if you've got the only steak restaurant in your town, and another steakhouse comes in and builds a building right next door, you don't say, "Hey, great to see you. Let's go hang out together, and you know, hope your business does well. Good luck with everything." You go, "Hey, we're." We're going to do everything we can to control our property, to make our product better than your product so we can beat you in this business. And that's essentially what's, what's happened over this year 
And so I don't necessarily blame the PGA Tour for not taking the call at first. In retrospect, they probably should have. I, I don't think that much would have changed, though, had they done that. PGA Tour needs to be more vocal as these things come about. Phil running his mouth about all of these. Um, Phil just, you know, talking all kinds of stuff. I mean, sure. we, we could probably, we could spend the next half hour just going through all that. But, you know, Phil has a lot to say. Um, one of the things that he that he said was all of this money in reserve. Tiger then last week says, no, actually the PJ Tour took a loan out. PJ Tour should get out in front of this stuff. Agree? Yes or no? Get out there. Jay, give press conference. Give us the facts. Where, where, where's this money come? But, 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 like, give us, give us some, take, take control of the narrative here. You agree? Yes, absolutely. Should get in front of it. Uh, whether it's a good look or a bad look, at least just some transparency. And that's been right. uh, probably my main criticism of the PGA Tour in the last 20 years since I've started covering this, go- this game, that there is so little transparency in things like this. So, okay, show us the books. Show us what's going on financially. Uh, fines and suspensions. I mean, way before uh, we were dealing with live golf and another tour and the business aspect of this. I mean, uh, we didn't know if a player was suspended in golf uh, as opposed to other sports when they announce it right away. The, the lack of transparency in the game from uh, the uppermost levels is I, I've always thought um, sort of a slap in the face yeah. to the people that cover it and the people that watch it on a regular basis. If I'm a fan, it really annoys me. The fact that they don't trust me enough as a fan with maybe some bad news to at least take that news and and understand that, Oh, okay. One player got suspended for doing something he shouldn't have done. That doesn't mean every player on the PGA tour is a quote unquote bad guy. And we shouldn't like golf anymore. It just means that, yeah, sometimes there's an outlier and sometimes there are punishments and sometimes people need to be suspended or fined for something and again, the lack of transparency, I've always thought, was a, a major issue for the tour. Have you seen the NFL? Like, that's the 10,000-pound gorilla. And mm-hmm. we know a lot about those players. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot said about those players. Um, we're human beings, for crying out loud. If you're telling me that every PGA Tour player's got a squeaky clean um, resume, I mean, come on. Let's, let's, let's be real here. I, I couldn't agree more. I just I don't understand it. I don't know why. They don't get out and just, and like, look, man, let's take control of the narrative, mm-hmm. you know, and, and push back a little bit. Like, no, Phil's statements are false. Here's why. Here's actually what the truth is. Tiger said this, well, this is, yeah, here's, here's the support to that. I mean, it just, I don't know. I think they're putting a lot on Tiger and Rory. I see those guys saying things. John Rom has stuff to say. PJ tour itself that, that steady hand. I just, I don't know. I, I, I find myself wanting a little bit more of it and, and hearing it and understanding it. I couldn't agree with you more. All right. Well, I could ask you a lot. Actually one more, one more All right. last one. Monday of Augusta next year. Mm-hmm. Live. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I mean, let me back it up. February first live event. Official world golf ranking points are intact. They're getting official world golf ranking points starting in February into the year. No, no, definitely not. I don't think this thing's happening nearly as quickly as they would like it to happen just because, uh, and, and it's funny because I I think there's a certain arrogance 
around Liv, around Greg Norman, around some of the players that have joined Liv, that, hey, I'm going to snap my fingers. And if you don't do what I say, oh boy, uh, there's going to be repercussions. Well, you can't do that with the official World Golf Ranking. The board is made up of some of the most powerful people in the game of golf. They're not just going to kowtow to the whims of what the Live Golf players and what the Live Golf executives in their league wants from them. Uh, I don't think this thing is happening anytime soon. I think they'll revisit, I don't know, at some point next year, maybe late next year, but no, it's not going to happen that quickly. Yeah. You ever go to your boss and be like, you know, you need need to get some resources and some answers and this and that. You just go into, Hey, here's what I need. I need this, this, and this, and I need it. um, I need it by Monday. Can you get that to me? Like, just let let me know how that tone works for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're going to, you know, people above you and things that you need people from and your bosses. Yeah. That's, that's a great approach. You know, by the way, stuff that I need, I I want that retroactive back as well. Make sure that happens as well. Get that on my desk too. Like, Hey, just because you got 200 million in the bank doesn't mean you can start making demands from everybody else. It doesn't necessarily care about your money. Jason Sobel. Thank you. I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Take some time off, please. In December, please get away from the game. Man. I am. I, I need to come back in January. I need to be fresh. I, I, I want to miss it. I want to miss golf. I, I miss know. that. <laughs> I know. I, I, I miss missing it as well. I, I'm with you. It's hard when you got a show every day and you're working yeah. and you got stuff to do and keep grinding out the content machine and keep doing stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to shut it down as much as I can so I can uh, be a little refreshed for January. You too, Travis. Yeah, PJ Tour, Sirius XM Radio. Listen to him. I mean, look at Sirius XM. They came together. Sirius, I mean, they were separate. Now they came together. PGA Tour live. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of the same. Uh, maybe not. Uh, I will try to have one of my bosses on to uh, <laughs> analogize the similarities <laughs> between them. <laughs> All right, Jason. Appreciate your time, buddy. You got it. Thanks, man. PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new Gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled with the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com.